Yo, what is up? Welcome to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess Keller-Poole. Today, we've got another solo Jess and Shauna episode. Because honestly, I just felt like there was a kind of a lot going on in terms of the Seattle beer scene and also just craft beer in general. So there just felt like a lot to talk about. And you know what? That's what we love to do. Uh, We drink beer. We talk smack. That's why you're here. Um, Right now, I am trying to finish a double IPA that is hazy and double dry hopped. And I just don't know how we're still at the point where we are making double dry hopped hazy IPAs with just the grossest amount of hop sediment at the end. It's just like there's always sludge. It's always green. It doesn't matter how long you let these beers sit for. They will ripen up. That's like the best way to put it. They'll they'll lose their greenness. But it's like for two thirds of the beer and still one third is so aggressively hot pellety, green, hot burn sediment. And it's like, how are we still doing this? <laughs> like, why are we still double dry hopping a hazy IPA that already has more going on in its body? I just, I think this needs to stop. I'm not against a hazy IPA. I'm not against New England IPA. I just am so done with not being able to finish a can of some of these insane hazy overhopped IPAs. So um, can we move on? Is it like we've we've nailed this style a little bit and it's not the aggressive, like I feel like I have heartburn right now. Anyways, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to finish right now. What we were drinking in this episode and is kind of one of the themes of the episode is the diet pills from Lowercase, which is a great take on the ridiculous fad of a low-calorie beer. And is literally like the antithesis of what I'm drinking right now. <laughs> That's a little dramatic. It's not the antithesis. Probably like a smoothie lactose IPA would be the antithesis. Or some weird-ass pastry stout. Or, I don't know, just anything that people put in the mash to go viral about. I don't know. Yeah, so this episode, we're just kind of like talking about things that are annoying <laughs> right now in craft beer. Um, one of those is the concept of a diet beer. But yeah, a little bit of an extended Seattle gossip corner, just <laughs> seeing what is up in in this crazy industry we, we know and love. And if you want more, you can always follow Seattle Beer School on Instagram at Seattle Beer School. We have a new series, class series coming up. So if you are in the Seattle area, um, get on it. And for everything else, you can follow me at Just Just Beer. And you can follow Shauna at A Young Billy Crystal. Stay tuned to the end of this episode for another promo from the Titan Cast Podcast Network. This week, we've got Two Beards, Please which is a bearded dynamic duo comedy podcast. Just good vibes. Um, Good to drink a beer too, for sure. So go grab a diet beer, I guess. That's like what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, No, not really. A light American lager will serve its purpose. Crack it open and join us. Cheers. So what I say, you know, if you really want to know my opinion, right? 
Yeah. Number one, beer. It's great. You drink it, you feel good. You don't drink it, you know, you're missing out. Now, <laughs> if you have some sort of like predilection to like alcoholism or something, that's fine. Don't drink it. Like, I'm not, I'm not telling people they have to drink beer. I'm just saying if you're going to drink it and you're going to drink something, you might as well drink beer because it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, just think about the word, right? Like beer, right? I mean, like, like how many things can you make from that? Bee, which you think of like honey, which is mead, which is like, why didn't they just call that beer or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I didn't take over anything. I was just making some commentary. Okay, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your input. You guys get a second couch? Oh, yeah. Dude, yes. It's yeah. You got it. Next time you come over is just, it's like a, oh, that's perfect. That's a perfect family couch. Yeah. It's like pretty, pl- it's like kind of hard right now, but that's good. Yeah. It's so like every day when I come home, I'm just like. I bet I could fall asleep on that so easy. It's perfect. It has an ottoman, but you can make it like a bed almost. Like you can like yeah. push them all together. So it's like a yeah. push comes to shove. Like two people could sleep on it. Oh, no doubt. I could definitely Great. crash on that if I drank too many Manhattans at your house. Well, it's going to happen. <laughs> Bound to happen. Um, okay. Sorry. Drinking this, the diet pills. How is it? Have you tried I it? I haven't tried it. I'm opening it right now. God damn it. Um, so off the bat, this pills, the diet pills. It smells it's pretty herbal it smells like probably a german pilsner very light bodied not a ton of flavor <laughs> so it's like a it's like a it'd be like a coors light but with more character yes totally which you know to be honest like ice cold coors light ain't the worst thing we've talked about this before that i don't like coors light but i like bud light and i feel like it's the opposite for you I think it is, but it's been a long time since I've had either. I think the last time I had a light beer, like a macro light beer, was playing beer pong with my family. So it was fun. So I have right. like, good memories of it. And I remember like drinking one on the side too. Yeah. But I haven't had a Bud Light. I've had a Bud Heavy. <laughs> but I haven't had Bud Light. I just yeah. I, I just think Coors Light's better. It tastes less like anything. <laughs> So it's like having a seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> so this this beer is so hilarious because there's we've talked about how there's kind of like a lager renaissance happening. It's it's popular back in um, craft beer, but mm-hmm. an American light lager. I've had really great craft versions of it. One of my favorites is actually Aslan's Classic. I think it's excellent. Oh, that one's great. Um, I think. Excuse me. I think that floats about like four point three percent. This. Diet pills from lowercase is 2.5%. The label is fucking so hilarious. I it's love their how, best like, label. I love how retro and kitschy it is. <laughs> the umlaut. Full pills and flavor, almost half the ABV. And it's definitely a joke on diet beers, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, no, it's um, great. It's, okay, so besides us drinking this diet pills, we I think we wanted to start things... I wanted to start things off with the Seattle beer corner. I want to do it right off the bat just because there's a few things going on right now (laughs) that are worthy of talking about. It feels intense to do right off the bat, but I'm ready. It's like when you see someone for the first time after a while, you're like, you have to talk all the shit first. Yes. Yes. What else do we talk about? Um, So welcome to Seattle Gossip Corner. And we're going to start off. I know I kind of want, I want a stinger for this. 
I should be like, oh my God, did you hear? Seattle Gossip Corner. I'm just going to put those together. <laughs> we can harmonize. Yeah. Okay. We'll work. We're going to workshop it. We'll, we'll get it. Okay. Um, so I want to start off with a brewery that's actually not in Seattle, but it is the greater Western Washington area. Matchless Brewing. Um, they're technically Tumwater, Washington, but um, it's basically Olympia, greater Olympia area. Mm-hmm. Um, Matchless has gone through a lot of changes. I feel like they... In the past, like, two years, right? Yeah, oh, three like years. a lot of branding changes, a lot of staff changes. Um, yep. There was a certain point where I knew some people who worked there. At this point, mm-hmm. I don't think I do know anyone who works there. I know um, one person. But there was a beer they recently released that just kind of <laughs> sparked something. Um, so it was a draft-only beer that they called Free Bretney. So obviously hashtag hashtag, hashtag free, free Brittany. So with the picture of with her, with the pic- yeah. with her. So yeah. a reference to Britney Spears, but they put the term Brett in there because it was a Brett beer. Um, to be honest, the first time I saw it when I was scrolling through Instagram, I just saw it and I kept scrolling. But um, Sean and I have a group of people on Instagram, people who are like underrepped in the beer industry. So someone else brought it up in that group and was like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And this is also a brewer who's in that area. So I think they're mm-hmm. a little bit more involved. Um, and I went back to the post and the more I looked at it, the more angry I got about it. And really, I think what makes me so angry is the post just, they took her image, someone who has experienced a crazy amount of abuse in their life and controlled by men in her life took her image took a hashtag uh the caption was just random lyrics from popular songs of hers followed by a whole bunch of other hashtags that are all related to her very unfortunate situation so it was just completely co-opting someone's trauma to sell something and that's what got me fucked up I just, you know what I, I didn't, I didn't see it at first. Um, and then the same thing I saw through, um, the group and I looked at it and the first thought was like, I'm sorry, what is this? Like right. the initial thought was, this is stupid, <laughs> which I, you know, and that, cause I was like, I don't, I didn't like really look into it. And then I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, it's horribly insensitive. Like, even if you don't know exactly what's happening with her, like, you know, enough, cause she's such a big pop star like a pop icon mm-hmm. that you know that she's been through. She's definitely mentally, there's something mentally unstable happening with her. She has mental health issues. Right. And on top of that, she's being manipulated and controlled by men. It's like, dude, like that is such low hanging fruit. That's Besides exactly what it is. It just being just insanely insensitive. Right. And I think but- that probably their thought process was along the lines of, Oh, this is something trending in pop culture. This is funny. Let's, right. But it's really not. I mean, I didn't I, laugh. No, no. Who the fuck was laughing? Um, they were probably. And it would have been one thing if in their caption they had been like acknowledged how fucked up the situation is. 
um, with her conservatorship and all this stuff going on. Like I haven't watched the documentary, but I I know enough about pop culture to know that fucked up shit's happening and just her history. I mean, definitely has as a child star, every child star has trauma. Um, but just so, so blind, like to any deeper level than it being a pop culture topic, because if in their caption, they had said something like, Hey, this is a fucked up situation. We're all talking about this. We're donating, donating 10% to Olympia women's shelter. Yeah. Still call it free Brittany. Cause whatever you want to use your punny right. name, but then, you know, that would have been a very wise thing to do. And also a, a, a kind thing to do. Yeah. And it, it just like, it's just so obvious that their team is male based because I don't, I think that if any woman or non-binary person had seen that, they would have been like, this is not a good idea, but it's like, it's just so obvious that this is like men thinking that this is funny and I'm not one to be like extra, extra sensitive, but I do think about other groups who are not me. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of men don't. Um, and like, besides all the, what really upset me about the whole thing was just the like lack of like forethought or thoughtfulness mm-hmm. about it. Like, yeah, what I, you know, there's a lot of important things in this world besides Britney Spears. Um, doesn't mean yeah. her situation isn't less tragic, but you know, even if you don't care about that, it's like, it it's upsetting to think that people will just do stuff like this and like, think there's going to be no consequences. And like, you don't want to hear anything anti that, like you shut off your comments. Like that's the, that's the part that upset me. It's like, you're being a me coward too. then like, mm-hmm. put, if you're going to do something like that, like the deal with the con, like didn't, if you yes. weren't expecting it, if you were doing it like a pure heart and you just thought it was funny, blah, blah, blah. Like then you could be like, Oh, uh Oh, oops we didn't realize that. Sorry. Listen, we're going to still pour this beer. We're going to donate some proceeds to that. And next time we'll, we'll think before we, we make a silly choice like this. And people get intense about cancel culture and all that shit, which I get, but honestly, the public isn't coming for you just to come for you. They're coming for you because we want an apology. And if you do something as simple as that, like, Oh shit, we didn't realize we didn't think this through our bad. We're going to donate some money. Literally, that's all you have to say. But the fact that they turned off their comments, have posted three other times and haven't said anything about it. I'm like, oh, okay, so now you're being more of an asshole. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, all they have to do, like, you just say, I'm sorry. And like, no one's get, like, it happens all the time, right? Like, just right. say, I'm sorry. I'm going to be better. And I think that people think that, people are expecting them to change everything and literally all we want is is an apology and the fact that like uh, people have a hard time doing that is just like are you really that uncomfortable with admitting that you were wrong about something yeah all you yeah all you have to yeah I don't understand like I'm saying sorry left and right that's probably because I'm a woman but you know what I mean I've been trying not to say sorry so many times right definitely have gotten better at that but like, there's a, if I say something that's in, in a, if someone's like, Hey, Shauna, that was racist. I'm going to be like, Oh my God. First of all, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Tell uh, me what it was. I said, what was the context? I won't repeat this again. Yeah. It's so simple. Um, and again, it's just like, 
it's just one of those things where it's like her story is so much about men in her life controlling her. And then this is just another example of men controlling her narrative, using her abuse and using her trauma as a way to sell things. That's so awful. Like, I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know any of the people that run Matchless. So like, yeah, you know, um, I guess if they were in the room right now, I'd just be like, what was going through your minds when you did that? And honestly, this is why I don't have a problem calling them out by name, because like, I'm not saying that they're horrible people. I'm saying that they made a mistake and they do owe people an apology for it. But you know what? If they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. And that just kind of shows what kind of business they are. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you've, uh, I mean, this happens all the time, happens in politics, especially Mm -hmm. when someone's like, you're being, you're being this, like whatever it may be, sexist racist and sensitive blah 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 and it's usually republicans well, <laughs> but it, yeah. it also is liberals too to like you to admit that you're wrong just to say like you know wow okay i learned from that um and i will be better i mean it's i just i've already said that but i just don't like even like the minimum bare minimum just to say sorry like but there's i think there's that other would do examples. a lot yeah. Yeah. There's other examples of that too, right? Of people giving these weird, like some people give up, do apologies, but they're not like really apologies. And you're just like, okay, well that just made it worse. Sort of. Also like, I don't think anyone wants a multiple page parsed out lawyer, double checked apology. Like we don't want anything grandiose and we don't want you to be an asshole. We just literally want you to say, I'm sorry. And I'll do better. Yeah. Especially for like, I mean, this is, this is bad, but I mean, it could have been worse. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it could have. Um, well, the other thing that got me about it is that it was draft only. So this wasn't like they made labels, put it on cans, went out to distribution. Like this is a draft situation at their tap room. That makes it money. all the easy. Yeah. But like, it does make it all the easier to kind of like retract or shift. That's what, yeah. It's like, it's not going to cost them anything. Like they're worried about the bot, like making right. like, money, like, apologizing isn't gonna stop i mean it's not gonna i yeah i don't get it it's so stupid if anything apologizing would make me give them a second chance but seeing this and seeing the way that they responded to it makes me not want to buy anything from them because of the way they reacted if they had apologized i would have been like okay they're working on themselves all of us have something to work on like all of us can be better and the tough part is we don't even know what people were saying because they turned off the comments. Yes. yes so I would love even, to see. I would have liked to see what people have said about it because like, especially maybe it was extra traumatic if you've been through abuse and then you saw that. Absolutely. Especially in, if you're in the beer industry too, and you see that and you're just like, oh, wow, I don't know if I can trust those people. And like, yeah. it could probably rehash you to rehash some stuff for you, especially if you've been through trauma yourself. Like, yeah, I like, again, like I said, the first time I saw it, I just kept scrolling. Cause I was like, oh, pop culture topic. But the more you look into it, the more you kind of realize that it is pretty fucked up. And I think that's what happened. I think they were like topic funny, let's do it, you know? And then didn't have a chance to take a second pass at it until the public saw it and the public told them. <laughs> Ayo, yeah, and then they is, didn't listen. They were right. just like, ah, bah, 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 bah. that's that on Matchless. And, you know, again, like I said, we just want a simple apology. That's all people really want. Like cancel culture is out of control. And like, literally people make mistakes. It's not saying that you're a bad person or a bad brand, but like, you do have to make up for the things that you fucked up about. That's just being human. 
Yeah, I would hope that if Seattle Beer School did something that was, and we didn't know, like we did something and someone said something, I mean, first of all, I'd be mortified. You know what I mean? And I would probably do go too far to like apologize, (laughs) but I probably want to jump off a cliff first of all. Um, But I would hope that we would be like, own it and be like, yeah, that was I think we would. And that's the thing too, is like, if we do do anything, tell us, like, we need to know better. Like, you know, for as much as we can experience some inequalities and disadvantages from being women in the beer industry, we're also white. So there's things in like, you know, non-denominational, there's things that are going to happen that we don't know a reference about. We don't know a story behind or the history behind something. So we do need people to call us out if anything like that happens. And I don't, I would literally never take it personally. I would take it as a learning opportunity to grow. Yeah. I mean, of course, but I would also be mortified. Oh, totally. Because yeah, I think we, we try really hard to be a brand and people that are approachable and safe and inclusive. Yeah. That would absolutely suck. And I'd be like, oh man, we fucked up. We didn't, we didn't complete our mission. So then you write them a letter like our last in our letter writing campaign. Yeah. The other big news in the Seattle beer scene is we have some new people moving into a Ballard spot. So a couple months ago, um, it was announced that Populux wasn't going to make it through the pandemic and they had to close. And you hate to see a family owned local business go out, you know? Yeah. Um, but it then stinks. what it did was provided this very hot real estate because I mean, that, that spot is pretty awesome. The outdoor space is incredible. There, there can be a lot done. And I think a lot done is going to happen. Um, so Ballard is obviously the hot spot in Seattle for uh, breweries in the sense that there um, is warehouse space in large lots that you can put in a brewery. And it's just kind of congregated and become a um, high density spot for breweries in Seattle. So we recently heard the news that this spot that Populux was in, which was a huge facility, it had like two indoor buildings and then like a right. patio yard area between In between, them. yeah. So, um, yonder, um, Caitlin Bram, who we interviewed a couple episodes ago, her cider company yonder and bail breaker from Yakima are doing a dual tap room sort of situation. And I don't much, I don't know too much about it except for the fact that they're doing this little thing together. I speculate that bail breaker is going to there's going to be a brew system in there and they're going to do like Seattle only batches and recipes. That's what I predict because like, I can't imagine that you would take over that space and not use all the brew equipment. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I mean, that would be silly and they're, they're pretty big. Like they're, they like, remember their production has gone up in the last, like how many years, but it's a great notion all around town. Great notion moved into Ballard and to Georgetown and isn't brewing in either location, which is that is strange. I don't, I don't know why they opened two locations in Seattle to begin with, considering they're a Portland brewery, and then to have neither of them function as a brewery, a satellite brewery, like not not even to have a small little pilot where you're just like brewing right random shit. Like I don't that that doesn't make any me. sense to me. Like um, I mean, Modern Times has a you know, they're not from Portland, but they have a location there. They brew there and they do like collaborations and stuff like. Right. Yeah. This and is they like op- a, operate kind of independently. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's odd. And also what's kind of cool about Yonder and Bill Breaker kind of teaming up is they're, they both kind of function out of the same area, sort of. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely this theme of East comes to West. Um, mm-hmm. Yonder's production facility is in Wenatchee and that's real close to Yakima. Um, so it's like Apple, um, Apple city of the world and like hop city <laughs> of the world. Like Apple city. Um, not of the world, but that's like, if you think of Washington apples, that's what you're thinking of. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a theme going there and I see where that mindset is going. I think knowing, um, the skill of branding and design that both spots have, I think they're going to do a real good job of transforming that space. I think they're going to make it into something really good and really cool. I think it'll Um, be very like, um, when I think of like bail breaker and, and maybe yonder too, but I don't specifically bail breaker. I'm not sure if it's like really like a, I mean, I haven't, I'm trying to be diplomatic. It's not like the, the, the connoisseur beer brand. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. Yeah. So I think, I feel like, you know what I mean? It's not like they're making small batches of, it's not like Mirage where it's like, Right. You know, there's only so much and it's, you know, pretty specialized. Not like bail breakers not making specialized. I'm sound like an asshole. Like I hate them. It's not the truth. I just think that it's going to be a very comfortable, accessible space. I think you're absolutely right on that. Same and thing actually- with Rubens, right? Like you don't have to yes, know that much accessible. about beer to, to walk in there and be able to be like, oh, wow, there's a thousand things on top. I can order a wit. Or if I don't like beer, then I'll just get a cider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Or they make seltzer now. I wonder if they have that on top. I don't oh, know. I can't even get into that. We we can we come can back to that, that another time. Um, but uh, it does remind me kind of of Lagunitas' spot in Ballard. Mm. And I think we'll get into a little bit of non-Seattle breweries being in Ballard in a second. But Lagunitas, I have a complicated relationship with because they're from Petaluma, which is where I'm from. So it's very hometown. It very much feels like going home to me. Yeah. Um, Even though the IPA recipe changed, that original recipe, I think, was amazing, perfect. It tastes like home to me. Um, So as a company, as a brand, it's very synonymous with my home. So it's like hard to not have an emotional relationship with that. But once they were bought out and other locations started opening it, you know, it definitely, it, I got jaded about it a little bit, but what they did do well is at their Ballard tap room, they have a tiny little system and they brew Seattle only beers. And those beers that I've had have been really good. Yeah. I haven't been there in a minute, but like I had a good, really good experience there when they first opened. Me too. Um, I was a little bit of a hater because they sold out. You know what I mean? Like same. I mean, how can we not because be? what's his name? Tony McGee, right? It's Tony McGee. <laughs> what right? is it? Tony? What what the fuck is the guy's name who started it? Isn't it Tony McGee? <laughs> Let me look it up. I'm saying a lot of shit right now. Yeah, Wait, you're t- right. Wait, Shauna, you're right. I, I, I Tony, you were like, I thought I was like mixing up two different names. You were looking at me like it's I was so literally crazy. Tony McGee. His name is fucking Tony McGee, which sounds like a fake name. But That's like, I didn't believe you. <laughs> you're like, what? McGee, Tony McGee, dude. 
Yeah, he oh like God. he like talks so much shit about people who sold out, and then he was like, "I That's- want that money." And we've talked about this. Like, we don't know how we would act if a quarter of a billion dollars was put in front of us. I'd be like, yeah, um, yeah I'll take that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, it is a little bit of a bummer because they definitely represented that like rebel craft beer attitude. I mean, they were growing their own weed, getting in trouble for it, naming beers after weed, getting censored. Like it was very punk. And yeah, then was. to sell out is literally the antithesis of, of being a punk. Yeah. You're like, um, a you're like a suit at that point. You're just right. like the opposite, but right. I have a, I have the same sort of nostalgia about Lagunitas because I'm when they first, those IPAs and they first came out, like they, I granted, I wasn't in Petaluma, but they were in New York everywhere. Yeah. And like, that's when I, you know, that was my beer adolescence and like, yeah. dude, I would drink that those like the IPA itself so freaking bitter so good I yeah. just don't remember even little something little some something I, I love little something it was so good um, all of them they're all good they were good yeah um I, I haven't bought brown sugar is great yeah the high west like stouts that they did yes yeah um which I had at the Ballard location um they were all really good yeah so I I foresee and again, Bale Breaker is independently owned. They're craft beer. But yes. I foresee a similar model happening. And I'm hoping that it's they're, it's going to be a good opportunity for them to hire a great brewer if they don't already have one transferring over. And hopefully we see something really awesome. Because the other thing is, Ballard is saturated. It is dense. Oh, you got to be fucking good to exist there. So... If you're not, I mean, they're going to be just fine because they're doing this co-op cider. It's again, it's going to be a spot. I already foresee it. It's going to be a spot where it's going to be cool, anyone like, and everyone is hanging out because of how accessible it is. So they're a fire pits. Even if, That's what they already said. Fire yeah. pits everywhere. Yeah. They're going to do some great design. It's going to be cider and beer. And it's going to be one of those things where you can take anyone there and they're going to find something they want. Um, you think they're going to have booze too? Like they might do cocktails or some shit. They might have, I don't like, think they will. Because no one in the area does spirits except for Trailbend, and they're not a brewery. So, doesn't uh, or wine doesn't Obec do wine? Um, they might. Sp- um, Fair Isle does wine as well, but there's no one stepping into like cocktail spirits, dude. That is untapped market right there. It, so it much is moving. I think do- they could, you know, and this is something else I wanted to talk about is this idea of the Ballard Brewery community is I feel like if someone tried to do that, I think the Ballard Brewery community would reject that idea. Why? Like, I think that it would feel too, like, debaucherous. Like, oh, no, if we have hard alcohol, people are really going to get wild. Even though you and I have seen, you and I have worked, (laughs) you and I have worked some of the shittiest weekends in Ballard bartending. So people do get fucked up, but I foresee that happening. Like, if a if a spirits place tried to open or if one of the breweries tried to start doing cocktails or something, I don't think Seattle also has a really weird relationship with it's so weird and alcohol. Like, I mean, there's some great cocktail bars here, um, but it's taxed wildly. Oh yes. Like hard liquor. 30%. It's it's literally like why I don't have anything like that at home because I'm just like, it's so fucking expensive. It's, it's wild. Like, 
Um, and I just think that's, I mean, whatever, I'm not anti-taxing. I just think that that's a little <laughs> right, fair. <same. laughs> like that's a little yeah. crazy. Like there's, that's why probably just uh, tons of distilleries aren't opening up in this area. Also hasn't been that long since people could distill over here. Right. There's been weird liquor laws here. When like I first laws. moved here in like 2013, 2014, um, it had just passed that grocery stores could carry liquor. You used to have to go to liquor specific stores. That's right. Um, which was so strange to me. That's so And then yet weed was legal like the next year. So <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I just think like we've talked about this before, like that the whole Ballard area is like so disnified. You said this, we were texting back and forth about something and you called it a disnification. And I think that was the perfect way to say it because it's becoming the spot. Okay. If you're a tourist, if you are coming to visit Seattle, you don't live here and you're into beer. Why wouldn't you go to the spot? That's the most highly dense area of breweries. Cause you can get there real quick. You're walking. You don't have to drive. You don't have to lift. Um, I get that. What is problematic about it to me is one, I think it's oversaturated Two, I don't love the idea of non-Seattle spots coming in and taking up real estate. Um, but also it's taking away from any other area where breweries exist. And yeah, a lot of these other breweries, like spots like Ravenna or Burke Gilman, I think they thrive off their communities there. But at the same time, like if, if you were here for a weekend, you're only going to go to Ballard really. Yeah. And then you won't see Seattle. Exactly. Ballard is like, not Seattle. No, it's like the, it's not even close to what Seattle was or is, or it's like, same yeah. thing with like, well, it's just like a, maybe a microcosm of what's happening in Seattle as a whole of just like everyone local or everyone that lived here being pushed out, like any sort of affordable housing, just not really happening anywhere. Right. And so it's, it's just becoming this sort of like fake city in some areas Right. And the other thing that's kind of crazy in terms of Seattle history is the neighborhood Ballard used to be its own city. It used to that's have right. its own city limits and it functioned as a completely different area of Seattle. And this is back before Seattle exploded in population. So this is when one Ballard was like totally working class fishermen communities, like old, <laughs> that's like where your grandparents lived. Yeah. Um, but then it's just like with also Seattle expanding entirely rapidly, it's like there's just a lot going on, but it, it does feel in a way to me of like a homogenization of something. And like, I think you're absolutely right where it's like, you don't come to Seattle, just go to Ballard as much as I love that. And how much I frequent Ballard, there's so much more to Seattle and to like, not see that. And to think that Seattle beer is just what Ballard is, is incorrect. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, then you think about like Fremont, right? So there's Fremont and right. like what and are the breweries in Fremont? Aslan. Aslan. Well, Aslan doesn't have a brewery, but they do have a tap room. So there's a tap room. Still craft beer. Um, um, and then there's Floodland, Outlander. But there's no tap room. <laughs> right. Floodland, no tap room. Um, Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> Outlander, which 
is definitely worth a visit if not for just the experience of like oh this is what Fremont used to be I mean <laughs> it's a when it's I a house visited- converted into a brewery the dining it's like they literally didn't even demo the house like That's where great. the living room is is like where the tables are and where the kitchen would have been is where the bar is and then you brew in the basement which I've heard is very cramped in terms of like trying to uh, mill in or uh, fucking oh yeah who used to work there that we knew it was um nigel nigel that's right yeah wait nigel is now he's now working in a place in Bellingham. he's working at stemma Stemma. Mm -hmm. that's right oh i miss that sweetheart yeah um he's been around the block he's he knows what's up with although he looks like he's like 30 i know right Um, (laughs) great skin I remember going to Outland. It was like one of the first breweries I went to and I visited Seattle. Really? Yeah. Which is weird. I think I was probably staying at an Airbnb in Fremont. Yeah. And I think before I even went to anywhere else, I was just like, oh, this place is crazy. I love this. And it's so funky. And it actually has a ginormous back patio space that what I do like about it. And when I say like OG Fremont, OG Seattle is it's funky it's weird and they don't give a fuck about like what things look like they're not trying to stylize their space to like comfort anyone else they're like this is our space and we're gonna do what the fuck we want and what we want to do is this and if we want a bus to pull up in the back alley and for a dj to be up on that bus and get (laughs) some rave lights going (laughs) to celebrate our anniversary that's what we're gonna do um (laughs) that's what i love about it because i think that's honestly like true seattle spirit and i think you can attest to floodland as well. Um, Adam feels very like, it just feels like punk fucking. I do what I want. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Um, I'm here my for myself, <laughs> you know, like hail yourselves. Um, and that feels very Seattle to me when people talk about Seattle changing and all this, it is happening. And it's like, we're a part of that too. Like you were transplants, but there is that, kind of pacific northwest like spirit in a way that um outlander still hangs on to um but that is lacking in a lot of other businesses in houses and it's character and i I feel like it it like and that doesn't mean if you are brewery in ballard you don't have character Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that i'm just saying like we're generalizing but like there's this certain feeling and you can feel it when you walk into a place when you're like, this place is authentic. Like even if you are highly stylized or even if it is, you mm-hmm. know, that, if that's your style, then cool. Own it. That's great. Um, but like there is this lack of authenticity in some places that you walk and you can Agreed. feel it. Like if you're, yeah. if you're paying attention, if you're in the moment and then there's some places you don't care, you're like, just go in there to grab a beer with your friends. And it's like, Absolutely. And that's cool too. Like, it's not like one thing is better than the other. It just, there's differences. We're going to tear it apart because that's what we do. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) And like, we just want people to be better. Just be aware. And also, you know, it's hard because it's like talking about Ballard is like the Ballard, like the Ballard brewery area. Like you're just like, Oh God, it's just like, okay, what can we like, like, can we talk about, can we go, can we move into another area? Can we like, Oh wow, something's happening up north. They're like, ooh, White Center's got well, there are some breweries yes. in White Center. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like there's just like and I I get it. Like it makes it easier, blah, 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 blah. But you're just kind of like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it happens yeah, totally in other cities not- too. Denver, Denver has Rhino. Um, you know, Manhattan, not specific, not Manhattan, Brooklyn, Williamsburg isn't a brewery district, but it's definitely a similar sort of like used to be like old school neighborhood and then is completely Chicago has some similar stuff with that too. Yeah. So it's like, I know it's not unique, but it still doesn't make me want to talk less shit about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And again, like we're not saying don't go there or don't drink at these breweries. There's some of these breweries that we love a lot. In fact, if you haven't read it already, you should check out our friend Holly's article on good beer hunting called past meets presence. Um, they do an excellent job of encapsulating what Ballard feels like. So if you're not from Seattle and if you're over Seattle gossip corner, um, (laughs) that is really just going to tell you all you need to know. Yeah. Also like the, there's so many articles about the Ballard Brewery. What is mm-hmm. it? So like Ballard Brewery area. I don't, I keep saying that. Um, District maybe. But what's his name coined that? And I don't want to use that phrase. Wait, who? Kendall Jenner. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> no. Um. So, um. <laughs> but like there's so many articles and eater articles and this and the articles about yeah, They're totally. all the same. Yeah. And yep. they, Holly does a really great job of like, you know, kind of telling a little bit of a different story. And I think what um, they bring to that article is that they're from Seattle. So they, yes. they've been here, they've seen it all. Um, and you, you'll get a little bit more besides me just yelling about authenticity. Um, we, it's fine. This is Seattle gossip. Corner. I guess this is the reason why we have a podcast, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to, uh, bring it back to what I'm drinking right now, which is the, the diet pills and diet. It's not like the concept of diet beers is anything new. Like you can trace this back into like the fifties, early sixties, where light beer was targeted towards housewives for the ladies. Um, Right. There's actually as much as like the past sucks in terms of equality. I really enjoy the aesthetic of some things and those old, ads I love um, I mean we parodied one <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> it's um, your old beer Jess <laughs> um, I recently came I, I think I was just like looking at my own Instagram <laughs> and saw the picture of that and it's like you've got the cocktail and then his baby Finn and he's sticking his finger <laughs> into the cocktail oh, we trying time. to take a picture uh, um, but yeah so obviously diet beers isn't anything new but yeah you know marketing is smart these days they're quick they know how to fucking trick you so mm-hmm. it's like you know it's not diet beer necessarily but it's seltzer you know and i have personally been in meetings where i've looked at data from brewers association other sources that talk about polling what our consumers interested in in diet beer low calorie beer I think that's low calorie is more like the modern term. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a thing that people are interested in. I guess (laughs) I feel skeptical about where this information is coming from because anyone that I truly know that loves beer doesn't give a fuck about how many calories are in beer. I mean, it's just like with any style, it has its place, but it's not like a passionate, like, is there anyone passionate about their Michelob Ultra? No, no, no. You know what I mean? Uh, Like, and I wonder if it comes from a place of being able to drink a lot of it. Mm, you might be right. I mean, right? Like, uh, you can't also, 
that way you could drink a six pack and be buzzed, but you're not going to be like tanked. I, although right. if I drink a six, if I drink a six pack of like light beer, I probably would be pretty drunk. I think I would do six beers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it's 2.5 though, over course of like an afternoon, 2.5, sure. I could do that. I mean, I've done, I've done worse. I've done much worse. Oh, so much worse. Like we can't do a six pack of IPA. <laughs> I mean, I've tried. I'd be done. I think I've done, I think I've done four and like a half, like over a course of like a, you know, afternoon or something. Oh yeah, totally. That's the funniest thing about aging and drinking for me is like beer is 90% of what I drink. Um, but it's, what's funny to me is how much slower I drink beer now where it's like, it legit takes me like 45 minutes <laughs> to drink one beer. Oh dude, I'm a fast drinker. I, I you've seen me drink. <laughs> You're like, Oh God. I like if I'm drinking a beer, like I I I finish it pretty quickly. I like it. Maybe Wine takes is... me longer. I don't know. Agreed. Just because it hits so much faster, um, just stronger. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. But this might be a symptom of having to be home for almost a full year. Oh, God. Um, which means a lot of like watching Netflix and drinking. So it's mm-hmm. like, or being on your phone and you're distracted. I don't remember what it's like to go out with friends for beers. I can't wait. It's probably going to be October. Halloween. Oh, my God. I would love to have a real Halloween. Halloween. We should do another couple's costume. (laughs) Can we just keep doing couple's costumes? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wait, we didn't do one. Did we do? No, we didn't do one this last year because. Yeah, because we didn't do anything. (laughs) This is COVID. We just keep being uh uh we just keep doing the same costume just the same shining <laughs> costume again and again i think i got rid of that flannel oh i definitely got rid of the i couldn't find an actual tan turtleneck so it was like a bodysuit from forever 21 and it was so <laughs> uncomfortable and i was like i immediately have to get rid of this i kept my costume so i'm ready whenever you are <laughs> great um Anyways, diet beers. Anyways. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just feels like it's just one of those things where it's marketing leading beer trends, which I don't like. I want brewers to be leading beer trends. But then it just that's I know. And I know. it's it's clearly so easy for me to be like, don't do this when I don't um, own a brewery. So <laughs> I don't know what it's like to deal with that much money. So I'm not saying that marketing is bad. It just is like it just bums me out when like surveys and algorithms have more influence than the actual people in the industry is it that again it goes back to authenticity it's like why are you doing this are you doing this because you're passionate about beer are you doing this because you're passionate about money um and you could be you could do both right but like it's i think it's especially hard when you're in craft beer because people are, are have such like honest deep connections to it of like the the pioneer spirit of it being you know we're we're doing it. We're making the styles we can't drink here and blah, 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 blah. It's like romanticizing. But I guess it makes sense that at the end of the day, you're like, well, I guess I have to make this because it's going to sell. But yeah, it's still kind of icky. It doesn't feel but, right. Like, I, I think that's why this lowercase doing this diet pilsner is so funny because they're acknowledging great. it and participating it and making fun it of at the it. same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what I would do. Uh, this is something I didn't acknowledge about this beer is reading the side of the can is it's an ode to the light beer 
the Licht beer from oh, Germany, yeah. German light beer. Yeah. I didn't put that together. I'm surprised I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's hopped with American Triumph and Hellertau. Cool. Um, yeah, you forget that other the other countries do it too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, is like, Michel- like the Michelob Ultra always comes to mind, or like oh yeah, it's always like someone who goes on a run. They're like a marathoner or some shit. It's dude, like, if you're running a marathon, you need carbs. You drink that full beer, my dude. You get a double IPA, my friend. Yeah, you know, you think about like a cycling culture, like people who ride bikes, they're fucking getting tanked, dude. You're like drinking, you're not drinking light beers. Yeah, I guess Rattlers are a thing. But it's just like, in, also if it's marketed definitely towards, but it's not, it feels like it's not just towards women anymore. It's just towards like people who are doing like that stupid protein diet. What is it called? Um, keto keto it's just adkins rebranded um, oh dude for sure Ugh. yeah it's a nightmare um, <laughs> it's like uh, poor advice it's just like you can just drink a beer enjoy it like and then maybe walk go on a walk like i don't right. know or, yeah go philosophy. on a walk with your beer it's fine i do that all the time um dude it's the best way to do it the problem is is that you know, the problem with capitalism is that it's never make enough to, you know, fit our needs, to meet our needs. It's always has to be more, has to be more, has to be more. So like the beauty and diet culture exhausted women. So they moved to men and now they're mm. experiencing, I mean, this has been happening for a while, but like yeah. men are also highly targeted for um, diet shit like that too. Yeah, but you're right. It is like uh, that's the. I mean, I guess it's a that's a theme of our podcast is just capitalism is terrible, um, yeah. unchecked capitalism. I mean, I get it. Like, we, yeah, we technically own a business. Like, right? No, it's not to say that I don't believe in individual business owners. I just don't believe in the rate it's gotten out of control. Yeah, it's just like, is anyone happy? It's insane. It's like you can't stop, won't stop. Nothing's ever going to be enough. You're going right. to just always be in this cycle of like, must have more, must have more, must have more. Yeah. yeah. And it's- must drink my diet beer and do coke. Because <laughs> cocaine doesn't first have any we- calories, <laughs> right? Technically zero calories. Um, first we Peloton and then we diet beer and then we coke. <laughs> and then we do coke. No, do coke first, then the Peloton. <laughs> And then have a beer. The other, I feel like everything we're talking about today is just ridiculousness because I want to talk about this insane lawsuit yeah, that dude, what the f- is happening with Red Robin and the people of Nevada. I don't know. If, I think it's of like course in- it's Nevada, by the way. Right. Um, oh my god. Which is a state so, that Sean like and I both action. bordered growing up. <laughs> so we we get it. Yeah. Uh, are, is it a class action sh- suit? Yes. So, okay. So what's happening is people <laughs> got mad because they realized that when they ordered a Stella Artois and a Red Robin, you were served in the Stella Artois glassware, which is actually 14 ounces and not the full 16 ounces that the Americans deserve. So people found this out, I guess, and then got mad and are basically suing for that money that they are owed for the extra two ounces of beer that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, was it advertised they were getting 16 ounces? 
and so this is the thing that gets me. I'm like, where, where's the, uh, that initial right that they feel they have about the 16 ounces? A bar can just say, this is a full pour of this. There may be a smaller pour that exists, but there's also a full pour. So I feel like this is such a weird thing that is actually being successfully sued for because like where in the law does this exact ounce amount exist? I, I don't know. I guess if you were told, I mean, I think this lawsuit is a complete waste of time. Like I, if I were the judge, I'd be like, this is ridiculous. I'm not, I'm going to throw this out. Also like these people have that much time to be able to be like, I want my two ounces at the fucking like, Red Robin. Like, you think Red Robin has the good beer? What are you doing? Although Red Robin was pushing themselves to, they were trying to advertise themselves as being like a craft beer spot. They were like at homebrew cons and at GABF and shit. Are you serious? Yeah, they had like booths and they were like giving out cheesy pretzels and like, yeah. I think they were really trying hard to like get into that craft beer scene. Interesting. And I've looked at a couple of their tap lists before because I was just curious what was going on there. And like they weren't terrible. They had macro stuff on there, but then they were also like doing like some local stuff. And like, so Dude. I think as a chain, they were like better than like Applebee's. Oh, no doubt. This is so weird. That just recovered a memory for me. <laughs> this talk of Red oh, Robin, because I was trying to think of when was the last time I was at a fucking Red Robin. This just uncovered a memory, which is also related to Bale Breaker, because this is the last time I had a Bale Breaker beer, I think. Was, was that a Robin? <laughs> was that a Red Robin? It was at the one in the Northgate Mall when it Why existed. Were you there? I don't remember. I think I was making like a return. <laughs> it was like a big thing. Maybe it was from the like Bath and Body Works I was there or the Macy's. It was like a big purchase return. And I was like stressed and I was like, I could really use a beer right now. And then that <laughs> was there. Return, you were like shaking. You're like, I can't handle this. <laughs> and then I had a super awkward run-in with someone, with two people who worked at my job and they were like dating, but I didn't know that they were dating or people didn't know they were dating. Oh. And I like ran into them at the mall when I was going to get oh boy. a beer at the Red Robin. And that was the last time I had a bail breaker beer. It was a field 41. Oh, dude, that's weird. You like saw them and you were like pretended not to see them or did they see you like, and you had to talk to them? Yes. And you had, we did that awkward like, hey, what's up? What are you guys up to? Uh, and then I have to be like, you were know they what? like I'm being like, secretive? Kind of. And I think that was like because no one else at work knew or something. Um, oh, God. Yeah. And I was like, then I really needed that beer. Um <laughs> Then you really needed it. I think the last time I was at a Red Robin was with my Aunt Sue when I was like 10. Uh, anyways, let me, I'm just trying to look up there. Oh, they don't have a beer. Weird. This looks like an Arby's sort of. <laughs> like, I just want to look at there. Okay, let's say find your Red Robin. Yum. I mean, I remember as a kid, I loved it. Okay, let's let's see here. Let's see the, the closest one. Oh. Wait, Northgate. Okay. Is it still there? Yeah, dude. I thought the mall was destroyed. I think they decided against it. What? Adult beverages. And it just says yum. <laughs> okay. Oh, it might be because everything's to go right now. Oh, you're probably right. Sorry, this is probably very boring. Hang in there. Oh, they have 
Echo Domini Pinot Grigio, Truly Hard Seltzer, Cutwater Spirits Lime Margarita. Oh boy, this is very basic. Yeah, Coors, Coors Light, Fat Tire, McLaw Ultra, my nemesis, Guinness, Miller Light, Heineken, Angry Orchard. Why were there so many macro lager options? There's just no diversity in the in the styles. It's a real nightmare. Anyways, um, yeah, this okay, this lawsuit. So <laughs> I got so off track. Okay, so they're su- they're suing for all the owed money, I guess, for the, for the missing six ounces, and it's just like this is so similar to the whole. Um, People don't like uh, beer foam, like head on their beer because they think they're getting cheated yep. out of the amount. I'm just like so confused about where that comes from. Like, yeah, like people, where- they're so defensive about getting this exact amount. Like, why are you so afraid of us cheating you of an ounceage of beer? Yeah. Also, like, yeah, where'd you get that? Where did you, where have you been going your whole life that you, that the person filled it to the brim? Like, that's, I mean, that's a thing. I've been to places. Oh yeah, Remember me too. That bottle works. <laughs> <laughs> when someone worked there for a very brief period, and I ordered, we all ordered an IPA. I think it was like a pale ale yeah. or IPA. So it was in a shaker pipe, and the woman, the person, poured it literally to the brim. Like I thought it was a joke. I thought we were being pranked. We all were like, us uh, were all like looking at each other, like, what is happening? <laughs> I thought we were being pranked because it was so insane. And it was like, wow, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in a bar in college where you're drinking out of a plastic cup and they fill it to the brim. Oh, they're yeah. just like in you're college. Like a, it feels like a, a college kegger. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You're just going to get the the most amount because you're don't have a lot of money and you're like, don't know better. But right. when you're a grown ass adult, you'll be like, oh, do you think if you're actually a person who drinks beer, even though this is something that like my, my aunts would be like, oh, that foam. I'm like, dude, why do you care about the foam? You drink your beer with ice. <laughs> like, and you're concerned about that. Oh my God. Yeah. I think it's just like a poor education. Like I get it. Even though um, if you were to like Google, um, like a, a clip art picture of beer, every picture is going to be like a <laughs> mug with a bunch of foam pouring over. Like, if we think about the ideology of beer in our culture, it is a big mug that's foamy. It's like, it's the entire beer. Yeah. And yet we're still, yeah, it's people like, are still expecting a certain amount. Also, like, if you look at a Stella glass, there's a line there. Right? Like, in a Stella Artois glass, there's a line there of where you're supposed to pour to. I mean, that's like where the, the liquid yeah. And then the foam starts, right? There's like a that's what I like imagine. That I, that's I think fairly common with other types of glasses besides your shaker pint. Um yeah, I, it's just like like it's kind of a common European thing to have. It is. And I think that's what's like so crazy. It's like I can't remember if Stella Artois comes in 12 ounce bottles or if they have like a different shape or size, but it's like if that's their brand, okay. If that's their brand and like that's who they very much market themselves as like Belgian European beer, like it might just be a little different. Sorry, dude. Sorry, this isn't something you're exactly expecting. And the fact that they feel owed 
by this brewery, like, and the people representing the Wait, brewery, are, which, okay, but they're Red suing Robin. Red Robin, not right, they're exactly. suing Red Robin, not yeah. Also, but, how many pints did they order before they realized they were being like taken advantage of, <laughs> like, in order for them to sue? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just probably some like Facebook group that all started complaining together or some shit. Oh, geez, Louise. It's so stupid. And yeah, so they're suing for $75,000. That doesn't even seem like enough to even warrant court time. But yeah, you how much is your lawyer costing, dude? Oh, it's so this is ridiculous. I guess if they were like being told they were getting 16 ounces and they only got 14 ounces, then I guess I I guess I sort of but understand I bet it, but... it was like just because it wasn't listed. It's like one of those situations where you slip and the watch out for water sign wasn't there. So you sue, you know, it's more yes. of like the information that's absent than the information it's given. It's just like the... Over two ounces? anything else you care about. <laughs> no, they don't know. Like that's, that's that. I, I just it's like, wild. it's so, <laughs> it's so stupid, but I was reading the article about the judge put all those puns in there, which I thought was really funny. Right. And that was like, actually what that article was actually about <laughs> was how many times <laughs> the judge went out of their way to like put in a foam or, you know, fizz, or any sort of or, yeah. silliness. Right. Um, which is good. I appreciate that. You got it for something this fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I just, I, I think yeah, it's what a- I'm taking away from this is like, you aren't owed anything. Stop being so entitled and thinking that breweries or restaurants or servers owe you anything, especially in these that's, times. That's the thing. Like people just feel like they're owed something. It's just like, maybe you should learn something or like you should stop taking this out on individuals and start going after the system because it's not the individuals who are making you miserable it is the capitalistic system that you live in that's what's making you miserable but instead you're going to attack individuals because that's easier because dismantling a system is hard yeah it's not my fault you're an incel like (laughs) (laughs) i just assume all these people complaining are incels i mean they probably are to some extent ew yeah, lots of ridiculousness, lots of silliness in in the news lately. I think everyone's just going a little crazy these days, which is understandable to an extent. Yeah, there's just like people are getting like stir crazy. They like can't. Yeah, they just can't. I think and also it's like a lot of stuff is silly, but it's also like I don't. It's also hard when you're at home a lot and you're probably consuming way more social media than you should. And like reality is distorted and you're just like, I mean, this probably has nothing to do with the Red Robin two ounces owed situation, but just like, I feel like things just become your perspective gets thrown off and like, you're just like, I don't know. You just, I don't think you really understand. You don't interact with humans in the same way that you used to. So it's like, you're becoming like more of a robot than you are a human. Yeah. Right. It's, it's rough out there, but you know, this is why we have beer. What's funny is I was like, man, I feel like this fucking 2.5% Pilsner is hitting me, but I think it's just this edible that I took earlier. (laughs) It's starting to hit you just a second. (laughs) 
not a 2.5 percent lager and you're like why do i feel so good <laughs> i was like man this is hidden all right well i guess i should yeah. order some food yeah absolutely i'm i'm deaf's about to i'm all like fucking stony munchy mode now i guess oh dude you gotta get those munches <laughs> um i think i'm gonna make some ramen do like a miso broth or something i think that sounds good all right Laters. Bye. That was a Titan Cast episode. Hi, I'm Nate. And I'm Andrew. And we are the hosts of Two Beards Please podcast. I asked him if he'd ever done this before. He said that he had. So you're asking these questions while you're on the operating table? Just before we start, right. So you didn't think to ask these questions nah. Like in a consultation visit, I really or didn't care. I just wanted lines. to prolong the hot knife cauterization <laughs> as long as I could. I also had some adults come to my door, not with kids. Did you give them candy? I did. What's wrong with you? What's they deserve apples. <laughs> it's my favorite comedy movie that I could think of in four hours when some idiot says, What's your favorite four comedy movies of all time? Okay. This beardy is based on a limited amount of time, and I only had two beers. Laugh with us or laugh at us. Either way, you're laughing, and we're responsible. Find all of the links to our social media as well as major listening platforms on our website, twobeardsplease.com.